it. It's worth dying for, for the greatest country that this world has ever seen. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. We are gearing up for the holidays, and so today I wanted to discuss a little bit of, yeah, yeah, you know, these days I'm very used to people getting upset with what I say, not necessarily because I say something wrong, but nine times out of 10, it's just because it, I talk about the things that a lot of people avoid talking about because it leads to such vitriol reactions and vitriol responses, etc. So the view, which I constantly find issue with, had a clip go viral that I saw and I decided, you know what, I'm going to say something about that because I just can't let that one stand. And man, you know, just wouldn't you know it, the whole world lost its mind. Uh, In fact, I got a community strike violation for my response to Sonny on, on The View saying that Jesus would be the grand marshal in a pride parade. And I got a community strike for, I don't know, hate speech towards a minority or protected group or something like that. And anyway, had to appeal them all um, and got them removed. But the fact was, you know, it basically was like my appeal was, well, this is my religious belief, blah, blah, blah. And so what I'm going to do for those of you who haven't seen it, or for those of you who hadn't heard the clip or seen my response, I really want to talk about it. Everyone is on high alert right now because of the most recent tragic shooting at the LGBTQ pro nightclub shooting in Colorado. Very tragic, horrific, okay? I'm not downgrading that at all. But but ever since that, on the heels of that, it's like every single Christian is like public enemy number one because of our, our hate rhetoric that is leading to violence against gays. And I just find that completely insane. And so that's the context of this video clip that they are. So this is a minute, 19 seconds. So here was the clip from The View. For who they were. And someone came to that place. And that's and what's so sad. Part- and I don't know that they hide behind religion because that- I said this on this show once before. Jesus would be the grand marshal at the pride parade. I don't mean I about really, gay really people. Really I mean in that. every argument we have. But here's the weaponized religion. Here's my religion, question. But it's wrong. Mm-mm. If you're so afraid, why are you going over there? Yeah. It, if they scare you so much, leave them alone. When stuff scares me, I leave it alone. Mm -hmm. If I don't want to be bothered, I don't go there. See, that's the problem. You don't want to just have your feelings. You want everybody else to join you. And you know what? You can you can scream. You can cuss. You can do all the things that you say. But you know what? Gay people are here. They're not going anywhere. There is nothing you can do. You know, you can yell and scream, but, you know, as as the Lord, as everybody was talking about, you know, made in God's image. Yep. Made in God's image. There are no but except for there's none of that. No. Keep that in mind when you're trying to figure out where you stand as a human being, let alone a Christian. We'll be right back. Okay. So lots to unpack there. First of all, let's talk about Sonny's comment because that's what I responded to. I didn't even remotely get into 
the total and complete fallacies that is Whoopi Goldberg. Everything that comes out of her mouth, especially when it comes to matters of faith, etc., could be some of the most unintelligent statements, arguments that I've I've ever heard in my entire life. So my response to Sonny Houston was simply this. No, Jesus would not be the grand marshal of a pride parade. Would Jesus love everyone in the pride parade and want a relationship with them? Absolutely. Just like he loves murderers and wants a relationship with them. Just like he loves adulterers and wants a relationship with them. Just like he loves drug users and wants a relationship with them. Of course, Jesus wants that. However, would Jesus be the grand marshal? And would Jesus be a proponent for and an advocate for the advancing of behavior and sexual orientations that are anti-biblical? The answer is no. It, it wouldn't be. And, and, and I love this. God is, a lot of things that God says are kind of paradoxes, right? Like, like that's one thing I love about the Bible. You know, uh, to, to, to truly be happy, you must be sad, right? Like, like, how can you know true happiness unless you are sad? How can you live unless you die, right? Like, that's probably the biggest one, right? To, to be alive as a Christian, you must die to your flesh, right? So, I mean, you know, th- those things are, are interesting. All right, guys, inflation continues to be a plague on our economy, our families, and our savings. And the irresponsible spending from the left just continues to exacerbate the problem. This year, we witnessed almost every kind of negative economic record from empty grocery store shelves to 40-year high inflation. Don't let your savings wither away. Hedge against inflation with gold from Birds Gold. Text the word Graham, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, to 989898 for your free information kit on diversifying into gold. Plus, when you do it this month, by Black Friday, you get a free gold bar with every purchase you make by December 22nd. With almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metal IRAs, Birch Gold can help you. Don't allow the left to devalue your savings. Text the word Graham to 989898 and claim your free info kit from Birch Gold. Again, you can own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account, and Birch Gold will help you do it. Once again, all you got to do is text the word Graham, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold and ensure your eligibility for a free gold bar with every purchase. Secure your future with gold. Do it right now. So Jesus would absolutely walks, walk amongst the LGBTQ community. And so I guess this is kind of what Whoopi Goldberg's thing is, you know, she goes on there and she would say, you can yell and you can cuss and you can do all this stuff, but gay people are here. Well, first of all, I would say uh, real Christians wouldn't do any of those things. In fact, to this day, this is my tone. This is my tone. This is how I address the issue. But what what, what, what I can no longer do is have these churches and these pastors and, and, and these Christians that sissy foot around the truth. And, and, and I stated this in my response to some of the backlash. I was like, look, I apologize for nothing. The truth sounds crazy in a world 
full of lies, right? So Christians sound crazy to people that live amongst the world of chaos and live amongst people in a world full of lies. And everybody, everybody wants to, you know, they always want to point to Jesus and the woman at the well, right? And, and all of that is true, but people forget, yes, Jesus went right up to the woman at the well, but it always led back to what she was doing and her sin and, and, and how to turn from it and how to, to, to walk away from that. Jesus never hung out with people and was just like, you know what? I love you. No matter what you do, you should continue to do crack cocaine. You you should continue to do that. You know what? I love you. And even though my Bible and, and my father's uh, commandments and, and, and my words are very, very clear, I love you. So therefore you should continue just to live however you want. And, and a lot of people would be like, well, how can Jesus be love, but then also say things and have commandments for and have biblical scripture references for something that is so painful for so many people that struggle with this thing? And the answer is yes. <laughs> that that is the answer. Of course, God can do that. Of course, Jesus can do that. Um, that goes back to the whole love and truth argument. And, and, and what we have right now is what's crazy to me is I haven't seen a single, you know, I, and I hate saying it like this. I haven't seen a single big pastor or church or anything rebut this thing that has gone viral all over the internet. And, 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 and here is another problem that I have with churches and the way that we've been doing church is some of it because a lot of them are cowards and they cower down to the LGBTQ community to speak biblical truths because they want butts in the seats. Listen, if you are radically, this is going to get me in trouble. Media Matters is going to clip this. I apologize. Let me know your thoughts. Uh, Here we go. I'm fired up. All right. If you are saved, okay, and, and I need you to hear me when I say this, because I am saying this in love. This is not in hatred. If you are truly saved, when you accept Jesus into your heart, you are radically transformed. If you come to me and you say, I'm a radically transformed Bible-believing Christian, but I'm a dude and I'm married to my husband and we live together, I'm going to say, I disagree. And I would argue that you're not actually saved. Yes, I said it. I would argue to say that radical transformation through true acceptance of Jesus into your heart has not occurred because it cannot be so. Those two things cannot exist at the same time. Actively living in sin. And I would say the same thing to a lot of people. You know, uh, well, what if somebody accepts Jesus into their heart and then they become a murderer? Well, you know, I would argue that they were never really saved in the first place. And so, you know, I, I, I'm, I, it goes, and I'm not getting into the argument of once saved, always saved, or, or works-based faith, etc. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm talking about is the radical transformation that is Jesus. When you accept him, and we talked about this on an earlier episode, when you accept him as Lord and Savior, not just your savior because you're worried about where you're going to go at the end of all this and you want your get out of jail free 
card. But why are preachers and churches not combating this very viral thing that is going on right now? See, that's the issue. We live in a world where these false teachings, you heard the clip just like I did. There was zero things that were correct. Literally zero from Sonny and Whoopi Goldberg on that show. Zero. There were zero things about that that were biblically correct, that were even contextually correct about Jesus in any regard. And there's not a single church or a single pastor that's doing anything about it. And I think that's from two reasons. And and again, this goes to issues I have with how we are doing church. One reason is there's a lot of pastors that are just cowardice. They don't want to get into what I like to call the real conversations. You see, it's super easy to say that God is love and we should we should emit love and light to the world, right? Like that's that's easy to talk about. To be blunt, it's really easy to say, "Hey, you shouldn't commit adultery on your spouse." What's difficult is to define what the Bible actually defines as what your spouse can be. That is the difficult part. What is the actual definition of marriage? What is that? Well, what does the Bible say about it? See, those are the difficult things right now. You see, it's easy to say things like, well, you know, we have to make sure that, that we take care of single moms and we have to make sure that, you know, we're, we're providing for organizations that, that deal with foster children and things like this. That's easy to say in churches. What's hard to say in churches right now because of the context of the world in which we live is defining when life actually begins and therefore, through biblical definition, defining abortion as murder because that's what it is. Those are the difficult ones, right? So cowardice is one. What's the second one? The second one is they don't even know that the video exists. (laughs) And, And that is the problem I have with the way that we are doing church right now. We don't even know. We have pastors and churches that are so disconnected from the world that they do not even know the false teaching that is going out there for them to rebut against in the first place. So again, Jesus, see, here's the thing. Okay, so you've got the left saying that Jesus would hang out with gay people and he would accept us as we are because he loves us, right? Well, that's a half truth. Jesus would walk amongst the LGBTQ community and he would love them. But then through love, he would also give them the truth, which is you are living in sin and you need to repent and turn from your ways immediately, right? But then you've got the Christian side that is like, well, we need to be set apart from the world. So therefore we're going to be so far removed from the world that we don't even live on the same planet. So we don't even know how to properly contextualize what we're talking about. You see, there's probably a majority of pastors that don't even know about the gay uh, club shooting that has led to all of this backlash against Christians in the past several days, saying that Christians are facilitating a, 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 a hateful rhetoric that's leading to the persecution and the attack against gays in the community of our country. So this Sunday, pastors that have any credibility at all, they should address this very similar to how I'm addressing it, 
God is love. God wants to have a relationship in a community uh, or a relationship, and he wants to have uh, love. He does have love for you. He wants to have a relationship with you. However, you don't get just the Savior part. You have to also accept the Lord part. And if you accept the Lord part, the Bible is very clear that you have to die amongst your flesh, and you have to get rid of sinful things, and you have to turn from sinful ways. But that won't happen. In fact, you'll probably get part four of a series sermon that has absolutely nothing to do with anything. You're going to get a sermon about why it's biblical to tithe, which it is, and there's a time and a place for that. But what good does that do with the situations of which we find ourselves in right now? And then you, so, 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 so what does that lead? That leads to people like me who are not preachers that have to go and defend the Bible. First Peter 3.15, we are biblically mandated and obligated to be able to defend our position as Christians, why we believe what we believe, how we believe what we, what we believe, and why we believe it. We are obligated to be able to defend that position. But we don't have that right now. There is literally no reason to pay Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile over $80 a month for wireless when you can get the same service on the same network at Pure Talk for literally half the price. You know who Pure Talk wants to keep happy? Their customer. That's why they've invested in a U.S.-based customer service team. It's why they give you more data options than unlimited because they won't charge you for data you don't need. I switched to PureTalk because I like supporting a company owned by a U.S. veteran. I like supporting a company who supports me and my values, and I invite you to switch to PureTalk too, and you can do it in as little as 10 minutes. Show corporate America you're done funding their leftist politics. Go to puretalk.com and enter the promo code G-R-A-H-A-M. That's Graham to save 50% off your first month. Again, go to puretalk.com. Enter the promo code Graham, save 50% off your first month, and make the switch to Pure Talk today. We have so many, and, 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 and here's another interesting thing. I do a lot of research, right? This is like, this is like my, my thing. This is what I do. And what's interesting to me is you've got people like me that are calling this hypocrisy of the church out, Right. And then it, you've got the smaller churches that are doing it, and you've got the the preachers that the big churches label as like the crazy ones, right? That that are calling this hypocrisy out and this head in the sand, sheltered Christian that's no good to anybody. But then you've got the mega churches that are slowly beginning to take shots back, and they'll say things like, "Who are you?" to question someone that God has a calling on their life. And all that is, is them basically saying, hey, I've been called by God to have this mega church, and I've been called by God to do this, so you best be careful talking about or criticizing me, because God, and that's how they even said, because God told me my, my mission and my calling. God told me what to do. So be careful when you question a person of God with a calling on their life. Who are you to question God's calling? That's how they talk. That's how they talk. And, and, and what that is, is they're giving themselves a free pass 
that I don't have to answer for anything. A free path. Who are you to question me? I have God's calling on my life. I have God's anointing on my life. Look at my mega church. Look at all the people that are here. Look at the millions and millions of dollars that we have uh, across the board. I would argue that if you have a mega church, I would be more skeptical of your ministry than I would the person that's got a hundred people in their congregation. Cause as it's been proven in the Bible multiple times, Jesus had the worst retention rate of anyone, any pastor in recorded history. Jesus had the worst retention rate. Jesus would start off and buddy by the end of it, everybody was gone. No peace. I'm out too much truth here, too much real here. I can't deal with this. I'm out. So all these people that have these mega churches, 17 campuses, and each campus has 5,000 people in it, and they bring in hundreds of millions of dollars a year. I would question, I, I, I just, I'm not saying all of them are doing wrong, but what I am saying is I would question what is the theology and what is the Bible that they are preaching there? Because I find it hard to believe that you're going to keep everyone in your church if you just do, I don't know, just these topics right here. Homosexuality is a sin. Abortion is murder. Those two things, literally those two things, right there, you would not have all the things I just listed. You would not have 17 campuses. You would not have thousands of people in each campus. You would not be bringing in hundreds of millions of dollars a year. If you stood firm on those two subjects alone, all the rest of that stuff would not be possible because that's just not how it works. There's too many people that are looking for a savior and not a Lord. You see, we really like the savior part. It's kind of like credit. We really like credit cards until that bill comes. <laughs> oh, that was a preachy thing right there, right? That's one of them preacher moments, right? Uh, see, we, we all, you know, we know we ain't got no money in the bank. And so we need that credit card to come save us because we got to pay this bill that we ain't got no money for right now. And so we need that credit card to come in and just whoop, there we go. Don't have to worry about it. But 30 days later comes the bill for that credit card that you just used to save you. But then we complain about the fact that we actually have to uphold our other side of the bargain for that credit card. See, a lot of people want Jesus to be their savior, but they really got the problem with the whole be my Lord part. Because see, a Lord is even more than a president. It's more than a king, a Lord over you. See, especially here in America, ooh, ugh, ugh, we, we, we just, we just in, inherently don't like that idea of, of just this. No, there is someone who has complete and total authority over you, your life, your relationship, your finances, your decisions, uh, how you parent, how you're a child yourself, uh, how you treat other people, how you do things in business. There is someone who has total and complete authority to you if you submit to him and you ask him to come into your life and be your Lord and Savior. See, you cannot have it both ways. And there's so many Christians today, and I say Christians in parentheses, there's so many pastors today, and I say pastors in parentheses, there's so many churches today, and I say that in parentheses, are you getting the drift here? Uh, ev evangelists, missionaries, etc. 
There's so many today that preach that you can have it both ways and you can't. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody gets to the Father except through me. They love that part. You got to accept Jesus, but they leave out the part that if you accept him into your life, then you have to die amongst yourself and live the way that Jesus and God have laid out for you in the Bible very clearly. This is what you are supposed to do. And what is the purpose of the Holy Spirit, right? So we've got the Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. What purpose does the Holy Spirit serve? If you accept Jesus into your life and you are born again, but yet you don't change anything about yourself, and I'm not just talking about your mouth, cleaning your mouth up. I'm talking about if you are actively living in sexual immorality, if you believe that you can accept Jesus and then you can still go do cocaine all the time whenever you want, and I'm not saying people don't struggle, do not misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm talking active choices to live in sin every single day. If you claim that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, but you run a meth lab, uh If you claim that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, but yet every day you wake up to your your same-sex partner in your home, eh. and these are the realities, and this is not hate. There is no hatred in this. I have no hate towards anyone, race, gender, religion, whatever. But this is biblical truth. And truth sounds like hate to people that aren't accepting of the truth. Truth sounds crazy to a world built on lies. We either live under the reign of the law of God or we live under the reign of the law of chaos. And you just can't have it both ways. Because that's just not the way it is. And we live in a world where people need to start having the real conversations. Because what's happening is you've got all these churches that at the end of every year, they'll be like, we've had 30,000 salvations. No, you got 30,000 people that bought uh, into a false doctrine that are probably going to hell because they actually haven't received Jesus because you lied and you did not tell them the whole thing. You did not tell them the whole truth. You did not tell them the actual cost of following Jesus because it cost you everything to follow him. The end. And so the thing that breaks my heart on the day-to-day basis right now is all these megachurches and all these woke pastors and all these woke churches How many people are walking in those churches every single day and they walk out thinking they're right with God, but they're really on their way to hell because they do not know the actual truth. I just, I I, I just, I'm at the point now where I question any mega church's intentions because their sermons and their decisions are based around paying the overhead cost paying payroll, paying for the $35 million building that they built. And when you're 
sermons, and when you live in a state to where you feel like you can't say what God has put on your heart, because if you say that, then people are going to leave. And if they leave, then you're going to have a drop in revenue. And if you have a drop in revenue, then you can't pay your bills. Then what good are you? What good are you actually serving if you cannot if you cannot speak, if you cannot share the full gospel of the Lord, what good are you? And what good news are you actually spreading? You see, our first calling is to spread the good news. That is the great commission, right? To tell people about the uh, the virgin birth, uh, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that he came to die for us. God sent his only son that whosoever shall believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. But again, as I keep saying, that is the easy part. And all we talk about is the easy part. Hey, there is a God that loves you. There is a God that doesn't care what you've done, where you've been. Just reach out and he'll reach in. That's an old Petra song. But we leave out part B, which is once you accept him as Savior, to come and save your soul and save you from your sin, then you also have to accept him as your Lord. And that's when things start to get a little bit difficult. Because then you have to realize that everything you're doing is wrong. Everything good that's ever happened in my life, God did it. Everything bad that's ever happened in my life, my stupid self did that. I did that. We don't like the Lord part. We don't like the control part because we're all sinners. We're all born sinners. Yes, we are. Yes, 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 we are because we're born into a fallen world. We all naturally want to do the wrong thing. And the best thing I heard a pastor say it, oh, 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 sin is not inherent in you, huh? Okay, all right. Then why do we have to be taught that telling the truth is virtuous, but lying comes naturally. Why do we have to be taught to share when keeping it to ourselves comes naturally? Interesting, right? Because it's inherently in us. We need God. We need his mercy. We need his grace. We need him to show us and guide us the opposite way of our flesh. And we are not preaching the entire Gospels, and you're seeing it every single day. To the pastors out there and to the churches out there, I would say get your head out of the sand. To the ones that are preaching this woke prosperity gospel, I would challenge you. Who are you? What are you doing? And what is your actual purpose? And what are you actually accomplishing? And to those of you who want to try to do well, but you set yourself apart so much that you do not know what is going on, then what good are you? It's like having an amazing rifle with no bullets in it. What good is it? It looks really good sitting there displayed on the wall. Yeah, that's a really nice gun. But what good is it with no weapons? What good is a bow without arrows? What good is a pastor with no context? What good is a pastor with all the knowledge of the Bible there is, but no knowledge of the world in which we live to where they can put practical applications 
for people to understand, to have an encounter with God in the first place, to radically transform their life. What good are you? That's all I have for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to share this with five of your friends. Tell them to subscribe. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Dear America podcast. And we'll see you all again next time.